I'll give you a couple thoughts tonight. One simple thought, um, we've been talking about the New Testament church, uh, first century church. I'm going to read a set of scripture to you in Acts chapter 2, and uh, let's uh, we'll look at that. It's very interesting. Uh, if you would, if you would have a title, uh, the, where where did, where did the power come from? Um, and, and we'll look at that tonight. Let's pray, and uh, then we'll jump into the message. Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for everyone that's here. I pray that you will bless uh, those that are here. I pray for those that are sick. I pray that you will have your hand about them. I pray uh, for all the things. I know there's many different families, many different things going on. And Lord, I pray that you have your hand of mercy about it. Pray for the weak. Pray that your will would be done and accomplished. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for our salvation. Thank you for putting us here where we are. And uh, Lord, help us to fulfill what you want us to fulfill. We love you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Acts chapter number 2. Uh, this is after uh, they have the upper room meeting. And uh, this is what they would call the day of Pentecost, if you will. And uh, Peter stands and preaches. And so we're going to read a couple verses, and then I'm going to use that, and then use a couple other verses that tie in with this. But if you've got your Bible, you've got it open to Acts chapter 2, let's read together in verse number 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. I know I'd like to have been there. To think about what took place at that moment. They're sitting there and thousands of people sitting there. And all of a sudden a sound comes from heaven. Maybe a, a sound of rushing wind. And it filled the house where they were at. Verse number three, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now when there was noise abroad and the multitude came together and were confounded because every man heard them speak in their own language. Now understand what took place here. Peter was preaching or they were all meeting together. I'm sorry, they were all meeting together and the Holy Spirit of God came upon them and he began to speak with other tongues. Now, the uh, the tongues that they were speaking with, what did that have to do? What took place? Uh, why was there the need of tongues? If you will look in verse number 5, 
The Bible says that out of out of Jerusalem, uh, dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews devout men out of what every nation. So there were every nation was represented. In verse number six, it tells us why God used tongues. Bible says that every man, because because that every man heard them speak in his own language. What did they hear? They didn't. They didn't hear the. The, uh, the sermon in Hebrew, they heard it in their own language. Amen. And it's kind of hard to explain, maybe even kind of hard to understand a little bit sometimes. The best way that I can say it is like this. He was speaking in Hebrew and they heard in German. He was speaking in Hebrew and they heard in, in Grecian or what, a Greek. He was speaking in Hebrew and they heard in their Egyptian language or whatever it may be. And as he spoke, the reason that happened was so that God could speak to every single individual that was at that meeting. Now the Holy Spirit of God came and rushed like a mighty Russian wind, filled him with power. The Bible says filled, uh, the Holy Spirit filled him and he began to speak with, an, uh, what, with other tongues. Now, many people would like to confuse this and, and try to use a doctrine that is not, not, not biblical. The uh, book of Corinthians covers that very well. It's a, another subject for another sermon, but covers it very well about tongues and what needs to be done and how, how the, the Bible says that, uh, that that which is perfect has come, the tongues will be done away. Uh, and, and it goes on to tell us that... Uh, that the way that tongues is done today is not the way that God has given it to, for man to use. And I know I'm going into a long explanation, but we need to understand why God used tongues. God needed more than just the Jews to understand and to hear. And again, it was more, it was God introducing uh, the, the Bible and the gospel to the world. In Acts, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, he gave them that power, the Holy Ghost power, and the Holy Ghost power told them that they were supposed to go to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and then to the whole world. But how was the whole world going to hear in Hebrew? Because they didn't speak that language and God opened up the ears of every individual that day and they heard the gospel in their own language. I, I hope I didn't confuse that or I, if you have more questions about that subject of tongues, uh, I'd love to speak with you, but, uh, but just for sake of this message, this is not about tongues. It's about the power that God used and the power that God did that day. God gave him the, the, the power to be able to speak and everyone hear it in their own language. And because of what took place in that building that day, look with me in verse number 41. We're going to skip the sermon. Peter's sermon goes on and, and he speaks a while. But in verse number 38, he tells them to repent and be baptized. And uh, verse number 41, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about how many? 3,000 3, souls. I, I tell you again, I, I would love to be sitting there in this event 
as here comes this mighty Russian wind, comes down, and it fills the house where they were sitting, is what the Bible says. And Peter began to lift up his voice and to preach. And God took his tongue where every person could hear it. The invitation was given, repent and be baptized, is what Peter said. And three, I can't imagine. I can't, I, it's hard to imagine. 3,000 individuals got up out of their seat and said, I need to be saved. Or maybe they prayed in their seat and they said, I, I just got saved. I don't know how it worked, okay? But 3,000 individuals said, Peter, we received what you said. Now we need to be baptized. How long would it have taken them by dunking them down? All right, dunking them down. 3,000 people were saved. And I look at that story, and I see one thing evident. It wasn't the man who was preaching, because just a couple weeks before that, or a couple months before that, Peter was denying Christ, right? Peter was the one that that looked at those men that accused him of being with Jesus, he said, I am not. Bible actually says that he curses. Mm -hmm. No, I'm not one of those guys. Three times he denied Christ. But Peter repented of his sin of, uh, of unbelief. Peter repented of his sin of turning his back on Jesus, and God took him and restored him and gave him. So it's not about the individual. It's about the power. Where where did that power come from? It come from God. Now I ask you this, and I, I, I don't necessarily. Uh, I, I mean, I want us to examine ourselves. But is that same power available today? Amen. Yes, it is. That same power that God endued with the with the first century church is still available to this church and our church and us individuals. Because the Bible says in Hebrews 13 verse 8, he says, I am the Lord thy God and I change not. So the same God that Peter served when he preached that sermon, God used him, 3,000 souls were saved and baptized and God's empowerment was what caused those men to move. It wasn't a fabulous speech and it wasn't an eloquent talk. It wasn't a, a sermon that waxed eloquent. It was a sermon that God used that voice and brought those people to Jesus. And that's, I, I think this is where we're at, is that sometimes we think that we've got to say it all the right way and do it the right way and do it this way and, and then, then it will take place. No, it's about the power behind what we do. No matter what we do, the power behind what we do is the most important. And that following of who? Of God. The following of the Holy Spirit. Because in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, ye shall receive power. Right? What's that power he's talking about? That power comes from the Holy Ghost. When you and I get saved, do we not? Get the Holy Ghost? Does the Holy Ghost move inside of us? He lives inside of me. 
And then it is up to me what I allow the Holy Spirit to control and what I allow the Holy Spirit to move into. And that power that comes from God is the same power that lives inside of me. I have the same Holy Ghost that Peter had and that Paul had. I have that same Holy Ghost. So should not that power still be available to, to me? But do you know, as I was looking at this and reading this, do you know how convicting that is? Because I want, when I say this, I don't mean it wrong, but I want that power. Not so I can look at me what I've done, no, so they can look and say, wow, look what God did. Because there wasn't a person there that walked away from that meeting and said, wow, did you hear Peter preach? They walked away from that meeting and they, they said, did you hear God speak to me? Because when God spoke to them, they didn't hear Peter necessarily. They heard God. Peter spoke, but God took those words and God used them. What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Ghost? What does it mean? Bible says in Ephesians, he says, Be not drunk with wine, wear in excess, but be filled with the Spirit of God. What does that mean? to be filled with the Spirit of God, to have that power. And I'm not, to be honest with you, I'm speaking from, hey, I want that. Not from, hey, I've accomplished that. I want that feeling. I want that. And I, when I say a feeling, I'm not talking about, ooh, goosebump type feeling. I mean, I want the feeling inside of me. I want the Holy Ghost to fill me. But he said, be but we need to be filled with the Spirit of God. You know, and I've said this before, but when we have, you have someone over to dinner, you allow them into your home. But you don't necessarily show them all of your home. You allow them to sit at the dinner table, show them where the bathroom is, and maybe set them on the couch or something like that, but you don't necessarily say, well, here's my bedroom and here's this and this. No, you just let them in where you want to. That's just like the Holy Ghost of God. If I want God to fill me, then I've got to allow... If I want the Holy Ghost to fill me, then I've got to allow Him into every area of my life. Well, I don't like that. Well, if I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, then I've got to let Him control it. Let Him into those areas that I, I don't necessarily want. You know, because we all have that spot that we don't want anybody to know about, right? Amen. Oh, when, when we come to church, we put on our best, right? Mm -hmm. we, I mean, that's what I want. I, I'm going to put on my best when I come to church. So when you see me, you're going to see me in my best, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want to see me at my worst, right? You're like, I don't want the preacher to see me at my worst. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but here's the, here's the thing about it. Even that, I don't want you guys, I don't want anybody to see me at my worst. But let me ask you something. In all reality, we're worried about what other people, what, what about God? God sees me at my worst. When we hide, we can hide it or whatever from other people, but ultimately God sees us when we're at our worst. But I want the feeling. I want, I want the feeling of God. 
And I believe, and I, I really believe this, I believe one of the reasons why God uses those scriptures says, be not drunk with wine where it exits, but be filled with the Spirit. Because when someone is drunk with wine, it begins to affect their body, right? It affects your speech, it affects your walk, it affects your vision, all those things, right? What happens when the Holy Spirit begins to fill you? What begins to what begins to change? How you walk, your vision changes. What you used to live for before you got saved. What you used to live for before you found the Lord. It's not the same thing you're living for now, because what took place is your vision has changed. But I want the Holy Spirit to control all of me so that He can control my steps, control my thoughts. Control my eyes, control my hands and my feet and my mouth. Control those things so that I can have the feeling of the Holy Spirit. But watch, the Bible tells us, and I'm going to read a couple different scriptures here. You don't have to necessarily turn there, but if you want to, you're welcome to Acts 4 and verse 33. He says, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul, neither said any of them, that ought of the things which he possessed of the things, but they had all things in common. This church had all things in common. What is that? They had all things in common. That's the Holy Ghost allowing them to match. Every one of us, we may not always see eye to eye on everything, but if we have the Holy Spirit of God, we can all agree on the same page together, even though we may not completely 100% agree all the time, right? Just like a husband and a wife. You don't always agree with your wife or with your spouse, right? Mm -hmm. You always, Your wife always agrees with you? No, no. No? <laughs> Never? No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. But, you know, you don't always agree with each other, but you work things out so that you can, you can live peaceably. You want your house to be peaceable. God wants our church. What are we? We're a family. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. This gospel is the power of God. What, what is the verse that we, we know and quote? The word of God will never return what? Boy, why is that? Because this power, there is power in this gospel. There is power in the gospel. How do I get the feeling of the Holy Spirit in when I allow the Holy Spirit in my life, He begins to change my speech. He gives us courage. He gives us vision. He changes our vision. Acts chapter 6 and verse 8. Uh, Acts, let me go back. Acts chapter 6 and verse 8, he says. Talking about Stephen. Verse 8, and Stephen full of faith and power. What power is that? That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 8 and verse number 5. Acts 8 verse 5. The Bible says, uh, Then Philip went down to, to the city of Samaria and preached unto them Christ. And Philip with one accord gave heed unto the things which, which, uh, uh, which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles that he did. How was he able to do the miracles that he did? Was through the power of the Holy Spirit of God. 
The Bible says in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19 and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Uh, verse 18, I'm sorry. And Jesus came and spake unto them, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things. Whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. God has given us the availability, that power to help to change lives. Luke chapter 24 and verse number 49. The Bible says, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. God gives us power. God gives us power. <coughs> I want the power. I think there's a couple things we need to do to get it. How are you filled with the Spirit of God? I'm going to give you a couple thoughts and I'm going to close. One, we need to read God's book. How can I be filled with the Spirit of God? Is take the book that God has given us and read it. Memorize it. Put it, get, as I heard a preacher say, get in the book and get the book in you. That's how I feel like we can get filled with the Holy Spirit of God. If you look in reference to what the Bible says about being filled with the Spirit and about being filled with the Word of God, they're right in line with each other. Allow God's Word to, allow God's Word to mold you Allow God's word to change you. Allow God's word to work in you like it's never worked before. God, I want your power, but I'm not willing to change anything. Then guess what's not going to happen? He's not going to fill us with his power. Then number two, and I believe this is a key ingredient. You say, well, this is kind of simple. I know it's kind of simple. But number one, we need, we need to get God's book in us. Number two, we need to pray and ask for the power of God. Ask for the feeling of the power of God. That God's power would come and rest and be with us to give us those words, help us to walk the right way. The only way that we can walk the Bible way, walk God's way, do things God's way, is through Him and through His book, through time of prayer and asking God to help us do those things. I know that's simple. And I said all those things just to say we need to pray and we need to seek God's things. Get in his book so God will fill us with that power. You said tonight one of the greatest things about coming to church is walking in here and feeling that calm, that peace, that spirit. We need to keep it like that. And how do we do that? It ain't manufactured nothing. We can't work it up. Look, there's lots of things you can work up. But there's one thing you can never work up. And that's the Holy Spirit of God. Mm -hmm. We need God's power. We need God's presence in and on our life. And I would say more so now than ever before. Are we living in a more wicked place than we've ever lived before? 
So what do we need more of? Not less. That's right. Of the Lord. Peter stood and preached. Not about him. And not about his accomplishments. But about what God did. And how he saved. And how he can save. And the power of God rested on those people. And 3,000 people were saved. I tell you what, me, that's what I want. I want God's power. But just saying it ain't going to change it. You can stand there and say, I want a puppy all day long. Just because you want a puppy doesn't mean one's going to appear. You know what I'm saying? We've got to ask. God's book so that he can fill us with that. With his book. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for all those that are here. I thank you for allowing us to